Okay, so once again, good afternoon, those of you who are here. Um, I'm going to do something um, just off the off the off the cuff, and I want to be encouraging, and at the same time, I want to be educational. And so, here's what I want you to do: I want you to go with me to Proverbs chapter eight. Let's do that for starters, and um. It's not like we haven't done it before, but it's like we're going to do it again and again and again and again because it's important to, to hide the word in your heart and meditate in it day and night. And um, what I want to talk about today is I guess I'm, what's the core of my heart is wisdom's call. How does wisdom call? Um, and I want to, yeah, I'm, we'll call it Wisdom Calls. I want to call it Wisdom Calls. And I want to talk about when you pray for wisdom, when you go to God for wisdom, how many people here go to God in situations, circumstances, say, God, give me wisdom. And I know, you know, we've been saying wisdom, insight, understanding knowledge of God, peace and prosperity and abundance for years. Um, but I'm you know, you never stop learning with God, that's for sure. And what I've come to the realization is that wisdom has a way that wisdom speaks. And so because wisdom has a way that wisdom speaks, um, I had to mute my phone. People still will text me in the morning um, or in the afternoon. Um, because wisdom has a way that it speaks, or she speaks, the Bible course refers to wisdom as she it also respects, refers to Jesus, Jesus Christ, the wisdom of God and the power of God. So she, he, so how come wisdom is sometimes a she, how come is a he? Because in the kingdom of God, it's neither male nor female. God don't have these separations to people do. So um, God doesn't have a problem with either, either gender being referred. That's just, you know, religion that tries to make a, a big deal out of it. Anyway, <laughs> wisdom has a way that wisdom speaks and and I would like to put it to you this way. You ready? Wisdom responds. Wisdom's not automatic. Wisdom responds. Wisdom responds to your conversation, to your question, to your speech. Let me give you an example. Let me use a, a natural thing that we understand. Google. Now everybody's talking about uh uh chat gpt and ai and the computers are taking over the world oh my god these things are doing everything now what's going to happen to mankind i'm like you've been using it for decades it's just a higher level of google it's just another google that's all it is it's not going to get up and walk and get arms and legs and take over the world it's a thing you put question in and based on how stupid your questions are, how, what kind of answers you get, how smart your questions are, et cetera, et cetera. Now, here's the thing. It only responds to what you put in. It only responds to what you ask. It's imitating the kingdom in a very weak way, but nonetheless, it's accurate enough. Wisdom speaks to the questions that you ask. 
God, I just need to know how I'm going to get some money to pay my rent this month. Wisdom will respond to that. Are you listening to me? The sad thing about that I learned a long time ago in my prayer was, you're going to be back on your knees within the next two weeks saying to wisdom again, what do I do for next month? Because you didn't ask God for the wisdom to increase and grow. You asked wisdom for the need that for this car I'm believing for, for this bill I want to pay, for these, these little trivial things that have such short monetary value in a short lifespan. But we pray for these things and pray for these things. Okay, so here's what we get. We get these, um, and I say women, I'm not picking on you, but women more so than men. A husband. I want a husband. I'm believing for a husband. I need a husband. I believe for a husband. I'm claiming for a husband. I'm claiming a husband. And God is like, okay, but you're not asking anything about how to manage, keep, um, support, love, anything that has to do with maintaining what you're asking for. So you'll get one, but you won't keep them because <laughs> you don't know how to talk. You don't know how to share your space. You don't know how to give up your room. You know, you don't, you know, it's just everything is, you know, I, you know, I've, I've dealt with people like that. And it, every time the spouse asks them, be it husband or wife, it's always just kind of like, and I'm like, what, what makes you think that one, that person going to keep asking you for anything Two, that they, you're making them feel good about your desire to do anything for them. So, you know, I would hear things like, I'm so busy, I'm doing this, I got to do that, I got to, okay, I'll do it. So you've already let me know, even though you maybe think you're just trying to underscore your importance, you let me know that me, my request of you is irritating or frustrating or something that you really want don't want to do and you're not doing it from the good of your heart. Well, guess who I'm going to ask? I'm going to ask somebody that's not you, that's willing to do it, that doesn't have a problem. Oops, we don't like that kind of conversation, but it's a real conversation. I'm going to ask somebody else. So it's important that when you ask, you ask for the whole package. When you ask God for wisdom, when you ask God for direction, you ask for the whole package. God, what do I know? But more important, what don't I know? And how do I achieve what you've given me? And then listen close. How do I maintain what you've given me? Listen, listen, say it with me. Say, God, I need to maintain the blessings you give me. There's one thing to get is another thing to keep it. You know, it's easier to obtain than it is to maintain. I wasn't trying to make a rhyme there, but it's it's true. It's easier to get something. You can pray for a car or you can just save some money or you can use a credit card and you can get a car. But now you got to do oil change and tire change and park at the right side of the street because they want to tow you. And, and now all of a sudden the responsibility is real. Many of you wanted your first apartment. Oh my God, I can't wait to get out of my mama's house and get my own place. And once you got in your place, you're like, wait, Oh, the toilet paper not automatically in the bathroom? You got to put it in there? Oh, I'm used to just opening the cabinet and this toothpaste. You mean I got to buy it? Oh, wow. You know, food don't just pop in the refrigerator when I'm looking for it. I have to go get it. These are the realities that come with it. So when you ask God for wisdom, you need to ask him for all the insight that comes to maintain that. 
the thing you're asking God for. And if you're asking, so when you're asking for wisdom, wisdom, ask for the full package. God, tell me what I believe I know. And then more important, show me what I don't know that goes with what I'm asking for. Give me it. You listen to what I'm saying. You can ask him this right now while I'm, while I'm speaking. Like, God, there are things I'm asking you for and believing you for. Give me the, the wisdom to understand what I'm asking for. Give me knowledge. Give me insight to understand how to maintain that which I'm asking you for. And the people said, amen. Yeah. Is that a, is that a good amen place? So I came to the realization years ago and i'm god is like refreshing me wisdom only responds to your ask wisdom only responds to your ask according to your faith be it unto you so when you come before god and you ask god for things or ask god for wisdom or direction or insight it's going to be based on the ability that you have to acquire and hold right now what do you mean by that okay the Bible says the fool is like a person who gains wealth only to put it in a bag with holes to find that it's falling out right the other side. Like you can ask God for a lot, but then you can't maintain it. You can ask God for a lot of direction, but then you don't know what to do with it. And that stuff, I'm, I'm, I keep pushing this point for a reason. A lot of you on here right now, and you know what I'm talking about. Those of you going to look, going to look or find out, look at this later. There's a lot of things you pray for from God and got it and then lost it. I, I guarantee you, everybody on here right now can relate to what I'm talking about. There are things you believed for and after you got it, you just prayed, oh my God, I'm sorry I even asked for this thing. Because you didn't ask God for the full wisdom that goes beyond what you know. You just prayed for a desire, but not the management of a thing. So business, this is a big thing and I'm a businessman. You ask for a business, you have to run. And I'm dealing with a situation right now, and it's not a bad one, but it's a situation with um, both of my business partners, Lindsay and Nelly, on how to scale. Like, you guys don't know how to scale. You just know how to run what you have, and you can't live forever off of this level. Now, FIA is doing very well, but we are now beginning to take on customers on a level that I know that if we don't get some insight and clarity and wisdom on what to do for the future, we're going to crumble under the weight of it or what they call, how I many you understand what I'm talking about when I say the Oprah effect. Who doesn't know what I'm talking about? Okay, the Oprah effect is these people who go on Oprah and she'll put their stuff on her show as the, her, their fa her favorite things. And then all of a sudden, all of these people will come to their website, but their website was only built or strong enough to support 15, 20, 100 people they get a month. And all of a sudden now 10,000 people hit their website at one time. One, they can't fulfill the order. So therefore they're going to lose all those customers and they'll probably never come back again. Most of the time their website crashes and goes down because it can't take the load of it because they were not ready for that future. If they had heard in advance, oh, you're going to be on Oprah and they're going to, she's going to show your stuff on favorite things. And I'm sure they tell them it was their time to then shore up their surroundings so that when that kind of heat came in, they could support it. So what they wind up doing is they wind up being a favorite thing and then they wind up being a despised thing because now everybody's talking about they didn't fulfill my order. The site was terrible. We couldn't even get through. I called, nobody answered the phone. They sent me my package late. On and on and on it goes. That's the Oprah effect. That's the negative side of the Oprah effect that a lot of people didn't know about. And when she called your things her favorite things, 
that it broke a lot of businesses. It messed a lot of businesses straight up because they weren't ready for it. Did I give you enough insight now? Are you with me? Are you understanding where I'm going? The key to asking for God for greatness is then what do I do? So I didn't plan to talk this long, but do you mind? Am I okay? Do you mind? Is it okay? I used to ask the question to people all the time. And I still do from time to time when I have a, a, a business consultation. If you if I gave you $10 million tomorrow, what would you do with it? Is the answers very depending on who you're talking to, but most of the time they're pretty pathetic. Um Christian people say, well, I would pay my tithes. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. All right, right, right. If you're not paying them now and you ain't gonna pay them then, so spare me that bull crap. <laughs> don't try to impress me with the religious answer. What would you do with the money? Okay, so you paid your tithe. That's $10 million. You paid a million dollars in tithes. Okay, good. What would you do with the rest? Put it in the bank. One bank account. Yeah. Savings or checking? Uh, probably some savings and some in checking. Do you know that savings and checking are the lowest interest rates you could possibly get and they're only insured by the FDIC up to $900,000? So if it's only insured up to $900,000 and that bank shuts down tomorrow, oh, they're only obligated to give you back $1 million and they can keep the rest of your money? Y'all didn't know that. Look, I'm looking at your face. Y'all didn't know that. It's only assured, FDIC only assures you up to $900,000. So the bank can shut down the next day. And walk away with the rest of your eight million dollars or you know whatever is left they could i'm not saying they will but i'm saying they could they can they will loan out all of that money and and make a big profit on your money because that's what banks do you know that right they don't sit it in the bank they loan it out and they sell your money and trade your money to make money while they're holding your money and then they give you this little two percent interest one percent one point five percent our two percent is being generous right so taking all your money and throwing it in the bank is not what you do, but that's what you think you do when you don't have money. You got it? And I think I was over, am I overestimating it? Does anybody know? I said $900,000. I know they upped it, but I don't think it's that high. What's the FDIC insure? Is it 100,000? Lindsay said, yes, it's $100,000. No, no, unmute yourself and say what you're saying. Cause I, you act like I read lips. I don't read no lips. Oh. Go ahead, say it. Hello. Hey. So the FDIC coverage is for 100000 That's terrible. It was it's really bad. I thought it went up. It did not go up to 900000 Oh, wait, hold on. Let me just see. Oh, yeah, it did it go up. up. You know, going it's up. $250. Oh, higher, higher. We're like paying, we're playing. Like oh, it's 250 And oh. it went up to 250 I don't know when. It doesn't it's matter. It's $250 now. Yeah, it's $250. Wow, yay. But I just told you about $10 million. So out of $10 million, you're only getting $250,000 back. That's the point. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Thank you, Lindsay. But that's my point. So I know it was hundred thousand. I thought it went up. I thought it went up to close to a million because there were a lot of millionaires now in the, in the world that they would do it. But no, they did not. So here's my point. But back to my point. It's not smart or wise. But people who don't know money and don't really manage money, but they just talk about it in the desire to have it, don't understand. I noticed that Lindsay, my business partner, knew and Celine knew. Right. These are people who are around that kind of those kind of people with that kind of money. So we would understand these kind of things a little bit different. So here's my point. 
in your in your ask for wisdom, what are you asking for? Hmm? What are you believing for? This, my God. Let's go to the proverb real quick. I don't want to talk all day and not get to these scriptures because they're so important. So we're in Proverbs chapter eight and at verse one. Oh, I love this chapter. Does not wisdom call and understanding lift up her voice? So before we go further, I want to make sure we get these two points in. You don't need to call out to wisdom. Wisdom calls out to you. And, I, and, you know, I'm praying for wisdom all the time. Okay, yeah, but do you be quiet to hear wisdom's call back? And a lot of times your call for wisdom is based on the fact that wisdom has tugged you. But how deep do you go? And this is where we're going to keep moving. And understanding lift up her voice. So you have a, a, a comparison right here of the two. That's why I would say wisdom, insight, understanding, knowledge of God. I put them all together as one thing. Why? Because when wisdom calls, understanding then raises her voice to begin to educate you. Understanding comes with education. Uh, come on, saints, pay attention to me right now. You need to understand what wisdom is saying. Wisdom can speak to you and say, I want you to build a quantum generator. And you're like, and I've had people come to me and God told me one day that I'm going to have a such and such a business and I'm going to be doing this and that real estate and I'm, and I'm going to be prosperous and rich. And I'm like, okay. So what do you understand about real estate? Let me give you a real example. I don't even want to give you a fake one. I'm going to give you a real example that happened to me recently. Let's talk to this musician um, out in Florida and he wants to go into business. He already has like a little school, uh, a school like where he's teaching. It's not a charter school, but like one of them little, he calls it an academy, but it's the, he gets some kids together and has some little storefront and they, he, he teaches them music, right? And he said, I want to turn this into a charter school. I want to, you know, I want to, you know, do this. He's, I could really, you know, you, I heard you know about business and stuff. You can help me out. Said, okay. He said, so what I want to do is I want to take out a loan and I want to build out this charter school. Hmm. How much loan do you think you need to do this school? Now, he said to me, without hesitating, $200,000. $200,000 to build a school. Okay, I knew he just pulled that money out of his butt. That idea, just he just threw that out and just threw it in the air because he thought it was something to just say. It sounded impressive, right? How long would it take you to pay back that loan? And what percentage of your company are you thinking you're going to have to give up for that money? He said, well, I'm hoping I have to give up a lot, but I believe in five years to pay it back. $200,000 in five years. Now, I want to say to him, have you ever made $200,000 in five years? Did you even think you could do that? But okay, I didn't go there. Because if you're only making $25,000, $30,000, dollars a year, you're not paying back no $200,000 and plus keep a roof over your head in five years. I said, okay, okay. And how much interest are you going to pay on $200,000 in five years? Oh, see, I don't know stuff like that. See, that's why I need you. God knows stuff like that. Well, okay, listen, what you just told me is not only do you not, one, I'm not going to ever do no music school. That, there's, no, there's no money in that. Not where nobody's going to loan you $200,000. Two, 
I mean, that's YouTube University. You don't need to go to no school, you know. <laughs> there it is right there. But I went, who would want to start a business in that kind of debt? And who would give you that kind of money, even if the business was viable? You guys watch Shark Tank, right? People ask for $50,000 and they say, we want, we want 60% of the business. Why? Because you don't know what you're doing. It's a good business, but you don't know what you're doing. If you want me to come in, then I want 50%. I've seen them ask for $100,000 and they tell them they want like 100% of the business. It is what it is. They're going to base it on the fact that you don't really know what you have and you don't know what you're doing because you don't have real insight to the wisdom that you ask for. So therefore you can't complete. So wisdom calls, but understanding that at that point raises her voice. Wisdom calls, but understanding raises her voice. So that means understanding starts to speak up louder than the wisdom you ask for. Listen to what I just said to you. Wisdom calls to you. You hear wisdom and you respond and then understanding raises her voice. Understanding says, get educated. Learn what you can learn about this. Get some more insight on how this thing works. I ask a simple question. Do you know what the interest would be on $500,000? I mean, on $250,000 in five years? Do you know what the interest rate is going to be on that? You know how much money in interest alone you're going to pay? Forget about paying back the loan. The interest you got to pay. Listen, he's going to make money. I guarantee you if he got a credit card or she got a credit card and they take out, their, use their credit card up to $10,000, at that point, they're paying minimum monthly payments. How much you want to bet? And you're going to pay back $250,000 in five years with that interest stacked on top of it? Don't work like that. But it's a dream. So watch this. Wisdom calls out, understanding lifts his, her voice. Now, I want you to understand this. Say with me right time, right now, God, I need understanding. In every area of my life and in everything you called me to do, I need understanding. That's, that's right there. You can start a lot of things and not finish them. And there's a thing that people say about us as people that we start, but we're poor, horrible finishers. Yeah, how many of you have heard that? Like, you know, we, we, we're great at starting, but we're horrible finishers. That's not genetic. That's lack of understanding. That's lack of knowledge. A lot of us don't like reading and we don't like studying the people that went before us. We just think by faith alone in God, we're just going to go out there and we, we, God called us to fly a plane and we just going to magically one day get in a plane and we just going to fly it because we just, God, God can do miracles. Okay, but yeah, you're not flying no plane without some training and some education and some real insight and understanding of aerodynamics and the laws of lift and thrust and you know all of this kind of things. You know, gravity doesn't go away just because the laws of lift and thrust are in place. The law of gravity still very much in play and the law of lift and thrust is what keeps you in the air and if you lose either one of those your plane is coming right down because the law of gravity like 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 understand is going to speak louder than your plane being in the sky and you coming down so i i spoke this times in the past and some of you have heard me say somebody said well yeah i, I can learn how to fly i don't care if you can fly i won't get in a plane with you why unless you tell me that you know how to land 
Knowing how to fly is fine, but if you if you don't know how to land, our flight's going to end very, very bad. So I'm really more interested in do you know how to land the plane once you get it in the sky? That's a whole different animal. And people don't talk about that, but you're going to know how to fly, but you're going to know how to land. And you're going to know how to land properly. Now, you've been on commercial flights. You can tell those pilots that know how to land and those pilots that barely land. You know, that those ones that land so smooth, everybody in the plane start clapping. And then you get the other one where it just <laughs> like, okay, you need to take some learning classes, bro. You need to go to the learning annex and learn how to land a plane because you don't have your landing skills down pat yet. You really suck at this. So it, it's these, <laughs> man, I could talk forever and ever about this kind of stuff, but I want to kind of open your minds and your hearts to the reality that God's blessings are plentiful. And I'm going to the end of the message like before I even get there. God's blessings are plentiful and his desire for you to win is not a problem. The problem is you lack the understanding of what you're asking for. So you're asking God to make this happen. When you show me, he showed me it in a dream. Okay, and? Okay, and? Do you know what to do with it? Well, I went and I learned how to do it. You know, Nellie went to learn how to do hair. She's doing hair great. But do you know how to scale the business? Do you know what scale meant? No. Do you understand that you doing hair cannot be scaled? No. Yeah, no, we can get pray for more customers. We're going to get more people. That's not scaling. That's growing. You can't scale it because you cannot do more than so many people's hair per day, per week, no matter how hard you try. It's not possible. You want to be successful. It has to be products. Products are going to be the things that you can scale and you can get more of. And that's why you see when you go in there now and you see hair and different bundles and different styles. And that seems to be the focus. Thank you very much, because that's what I do. I'm like, you cannot do this. And then when you're going to be 75 years old, showing up and doing hair every day, like you can't do that. You got to be able to scale. The reason that fear is growing is because we are now hiring other people and pushing the other jobs off on other people. And we're scaling the company based on the fact that we keep the key ingredient to ourselves, And then we um, hire out all the other jobs. And that's how you grow a business. I'm, I'm here to try to tell you that God wants you blessed. He wants you blessed before you want it to be blessed. The desire in your heart, he put it there. But you have an a responsibility once you get the call of wisdom to listen to the voice of understanding that's yelling at you saying some things. Now watch this. Verse 2, on the top, on the heights, beside the way, where the path meets, wisdom takes a stand. Besides the gates and the entrance of the city and at the doors, she cries out to you, oh men, I call you. And my voice is directed to the sons of men. Oh, you naive and inexperienced who are easily misled, understanding prudence and seek astute common sense. These are the things, oh, this, this is a nice translation. The King James says, oh, you foolish, oh, you stupid people that wisdom is calling. When are you going to seek common sense and common knowledge in all of these things? 
there is a part that steps out of the spiritual and moves into the intellectual of it. And that intellect should come from God, but it's still your responsibility to have it. Do you understand? Using my plane analogy again, the fact that you called to fly a plane doesn't mean that you know how to. You know, those of you who, have, who can drive understand the principle of having to drive and how, you know, when you first got in the car, you probably would panic out of your, well, Controls of a plane ain't nothing like the controls of a car. So I call to you, says, verse five, oh, you naive and experienced who are easily misled. Understand prudence and seek astute common sense. He said, oh, you naive and experienced. And I want to bring this point out. Are you listening? who are easily misled. You know, like I said, the King James says, oh, you foolish or you stupid people. But he's saying you're naive and you're easily misled. Hmm. Put this down. I don't know how much more we're going to get to do today, but let's, 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 let's deal with this. How many of you have tried or endeavored to do some kind of business in the past or get involved in some venture? You, 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 you. Good. How many of you in that situation have found yourself where somebody deceived you, ripped you off, or done something that made you wind up losing money? Not only Nelly. So the rest of you, you, you did your first business ventures and everything just went fine, right? You just came out on top. Everything went right. Okay, I want you to teach me what you did because I didn't have that experience. I got screwed out of tens of thousands of dollars. So I want to know, I want to talk to you, Miss, what's it, Tashina? Yeah, we, me and you're going to talk. You're going to, you're going to be my business coach because I want to know how you want to know how you did it. Because I'm telling you, I just was so excited. I watched these people with this Bitcoin. Everybody, oh my God, it's Bitcoin. I'm like, Who's regulating it? No, it's not regulating. That's the good thing. It can't crash. That's the phenomenal thing about it. It can never crash. Well, it's crashed and crashed and burned. And all these people I know put tens and hundreds of thousands to Bitcoin. I'm like, thank you. I'm going to stick with regular money, you know, because, and those who knew how to get in and get out on time, they did okay. But those who didn't, who kept riding away, because, you know, once it gets good, you keep going. We can be misled when we're not listening to the voice of God once he calls us to do it. The important thing is once he calls us, now we have an opportunity to sit, listen to the counsel of God so that we learn the steps. And one of the things that God has taught me is when to get in and when to get out and when to make a move and when to make an adjustment. These things are important. But he says, these things reach out for you. You have to respond to them. Um, I don't want to go extra, extra long. I just want to get this foundation laid so we could pick it up in more detail, but I just want to lay this out. All the blessings of the Lord are yea and amen. All the promises of God are yea and amen. We understand that. And God is not, you know, hiding blessings from you. And I want to make sure I establish this and lay this out right now so that we're clear. The way the church explains God through religion is that God plays guess which hand. Nope, wrong one. Guess again. Nope, wrong one, you know, and then there's nothing in either hand, but he just keep playing the game with you. God is not playing guess which hand. 
God wants you to bless. He says he takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. So God is more pleased for you to prosper than you think he is. The issue is you have to get wisdom and understanding. So let, let, let's read a little bit more of this. So he said this, right? In verse five again, oh, you naive and experienced and easily misled. Understand prudence. We're going to break down these words next week. And seek astute common sense. And, oh, you close-minded, self-confident fools, understand wisdom. Seek the insight and self-discipline that leads to godly living. There's a process to this. Listen, verse six, and I will speak excellent and noble things. And the open of my lips will reveal right things. For my mouth will utter truth. Now, stop praying to God to bless you or to help you, and the moment he gives you a bit of insight, you say, thank you very much. I got it from here. I'll call you later. It's very imperative in this season in time with where we're going. Are you listening to me? That you are saying to God, I want to be very careful to what I'm listening to step by step. I want to be quiet. I want to lay down my way and my perspective because I know I'm kind of married to it and I'm stuck with it and it's what I know, but I needed this season for you to teach me how to be still. Those of you who've been around me, you've heard me say this a million times, learning is easy, unlearning, that's the problem. Unlearning what you already know while you're learning what you need to know is a bad, bad problem. And I've learned that even as a musician who've been playing drums for years and years and you know, always was limited to how far and how fast I could play. And to Mikey said to me, um, how do you hold the sticks? Hold them like this. I'm left-handed. He said, uh, you got to hold the sticks different. I was like, tell me how. And he couldn't explain it to me, but he just knew that I was holding the sticks wrong. So then I had to go online and find somebody who taught me on YouTube University how to reset your grip. He said, you got to reset your grip. And I stopped playing like that. And if those of you remember, the sticks would fly out of my hand doing praise and worship. I was dropping the sticks left and right because I wasn't used to holding them like that. I had to reset my whole grip. I had to unlearn a whole process. I would find my hand slipping back to the, grabbing it like I was holding on for dear life. And then I had to learn again that you just can hold it between this finger and this finger. How can you play drums holding a stick between two fingers? That's not possible when you're wailing out on the drums. Well, it is, but you have to learn how and you got to strengthen your grip to do so. I'm making these points for a reason, babies. When God starts training you to do it the right way, you're going to want to so back to go back to doing it the way you're used to doing it. You're going to want to go right back to that because the new way you're asking me to do it is uncomfortable. It doesn't feel right to me. I've trained my memory. I've, listen to me. I've trained my memory. I've created a habit and you want me to break a habit to do something that I'm not used to doing, and that will keep you in poverty. Your habit of being poor or getting just enough money to pay your bills, or barely making it through the week, those are habits. There's not situations you just happen to be in. They're not. They're habits. They're habits. I've seen people get rich, get hit the lot of them, doing everything. You probably heard about them, and within a couple of years, they're right back to where they were again. 
Why? Because their habit is having just enough to get by and they will do whatever they need to do to get back to that place subconsciously. You don't even have control over it. This is the way your spirit and your mind is trained. I'm used to having $250 in my bank account at the end of the week and I can't wait for the next check to come so I can go up again. And this is a habit that comes from having to be retrained. And that retraining comes from sitting before wisdom and let understand and yell at you and call you stupid, just like the Bible just did, and call you a fool and call you easily misled and all kind of other names. Well, I, mean, I don't know, like the way you said that. I mean, I don't think you had to call me stupid. The Bible called you stupid. I'm just saying what the Bible said. I was stupid. And in some ways, I still am, but I'm doing what I need to do to be unstupid. And that's to keep learning what it takes for me to move to the next level. Where I am right now financially, most people say, oh, you're good. No, I'm not, because that's not what God called me to be. And I don't have the ability and the insights flowing all the way through me right now to be to that next level. But I hear wisdom calling and understanding, raising a voice. So when I talk to my partner, Lindsay, I say, Lindsay. We got to get people in these positions and these positions and these positions. And then I meet with people that are me mega millionaires and say, tell me if my plan is right. And a couple of people I met recently, they said, no, that, that's what you're going to have to do. So I knew I heard from God. Okay, but now we got to do that. So I said to Lindsay, I said, Lindsay, listen, we got to take classes. What kind of classes? Management classes. We got to be better managers. We got to learn how to manage our business. We need to take classes to help people grow and scale. And we got to learn how to do that. So as company owners, we have to go and take these classes. We got to learn, right? Because I want to make that 50 to 100 million this year. I want to do that. That's ridiculous. Well, listen, that's what God spoke. I just know it ain't going to happen because he spoke it. I know it's not going to happen. Well, God said it, so that means it's just going to happen. No, it's not. Now I have to listen for understanding. I have to listen to insight. I have to unlearn some stupid stuff. I have to stop being so foolish and naive, as the scripture just said. And I have to learn what it takes to become the next level person. It may not be money for you. I'm a business person. So don't take it offense. Oh, he's talked about money. Well, listen, I do. You don't like it? Don't listen to me. I'm just saying... Everybody want to make some cash. That's my God. God gifted me in the area of business. But I don't care if it's your spiritual work. I don't care if it's ministry. I don't care what it is you believe you're called to do. It's going to require you to unlearn what you already know and learn what you need to know. Because what you know got you where you are. But what you need to know is going to take you where you need to go. And if you don't learn what you need to know, you're going to keep doing what you do know. And you're going to stay exactly where you are. And that's where that phrase that's the definition of insanity. Doing the same thing the same way, expecting different results. It's not going to change until you change. The circumstance is not going to change until you change. Well, God could do anything else. according to your faith being unto you. That's what my Jesus said, according to your faith. And your faith cannot go beyond your understanding or your insight. I don't care how much you think you know. Your faith is not going to go beyond your insight. If you never saw a car in your life, how are you going to have faith to believe for a car? You never ever saw one. You can have all the faith in the world to have a, have your donkey not die, but you're not going to get no car because you never saw one. You didn't even know it exists. So how could you put your faith on it? And this is the kind of thing I try to teach people. 
Your next level determines you allowing God to lead you to go where you need to go, come out of your comfortable circle, being around the same people you're around every day, and put yourself or let God put you around some people that will say some stuff to you that, that shakes you to your root, scares the, 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 the pants off of you. There are certain things I know that people have said, you know, I believe you called to do, and I've looked into them and went, whoa, Okay, God, we're gonna have to have another meeting because that right there, I don't even think I'm gonna be bothered with that. That's crazy. But God say, no, but this is where I want you. So you're gonna have to get crazy with me and we're gonna have to walk this one out. Okay, Lord, that's when I do the well, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, and I really that, but then I still gotta do the work, saints. Somebody say, Lord, help me do the work. See, and I'm gonna end it on this one. As scripture says, all things, we don't know Romans 8, 28, work together for the good for those who love God and are called according to his purposes. I mean, you believe that with all your heart. I'm going to break that down for you. All things work, what's the word? Together. All things, and they say God works all things for your good, which is what we've twisted it to. God's going to make all things work for my good. No, 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 no. So all things work together. That means you working with God, wisdom's working in you, understanding is flowing in you. All those things are working together, and then you get the good. But if you don't get the good until you get to all the things working together, wisdom, insight, understanding, knowledge of God, discipline. All that structure that God puts into your mind to get what you need to be at the next place he's called you to. So that when he, you show up there, listen to me, he's already there waiting for you. He's right there like, oh, welcome, you're here, and here's all the stuff I promised you belongs to you. But he's sitting there waiting for you to arrive, all of it. But you have to get to the place, and I have to get to the place that I've prepared before God and allowed God to prepare me so that when I get to that place and I show up at that place, God's already there waiting. God's not keeping any blessings from you. All the blessings and the promises of God, yea and amen, they're all there waiting for you. You just not have, have blah, blah, blah. You just have not yet arrived at the place where those blessings are, but they're there. You understand what I'm saying? They're there. All the promises of God are yea and amen. I thought I was finished, but I'm going to share this point. I remember one time I was praying before God, and God showed me a vision. I was going to some, I mean, I was, I was in poverty at that time. I was homeless. And God showed me this vision. And he said, son, you've been sowing for years. But all your seed is scattered all over the place. And you don't even know what you sown and toward what. You've given no name to no seed. You have no understanding or idea of where your seed is. He said, there's harvest sitting out there waiting for you. But you have not acquired the wisdom to go find it and go bring it in. And if you found it, you don't even know what it would take to bring it. Do I need a tractor? Do I need a wheelbarrow? Do I need a dump truck? Do I need a forklift? Like, what the heck do I need? God said, you don't even know what it takes. So even if I showed you to where your harvest was, you don't have the tools to pick it. You don't know where it is. You don't know how to pick it. You don't even know how to harvest. He said, would you stop for a minute with all the sowing and just sit down for a minute and start learning agriculture? And I started reading stuff 
not 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 about but farming harvesting i start asking questions i start calling people that i know and those who work around me you know i'll call people in a minute a lot of time they won't help me you know they think they got to try to keep some secrets to themselves but i'll still go and i'll find i'll say tell me what do i need to do to make this happen like what am i missing here oh you need to learn about this i didn't know about this in the book harvest time i talked about Every time I saw the word plowing, I thought plowing and sowing were the same thing. It says a man who will not plow and at the time of harvest, he will weep for the lack of precious grain. And I'm like, but I sow all the time. God, read it again. There's a man who will not plow, but I give all the time. Read it again. There's a man who will not plow. Okay, I see it. It says there's a man who will not plow. I get God said, do you know the difference? No, I don't. He said, well, go ask somebody. So I knew Angela was from the South. So I went to Angela. That's right in the front paragraph of my book. And I said, Angela, is there a difference between plowing and sowing? She went, oh boy, yeah, it is. And the way she said that, I sat up straight in my seat. I was like, okay, I'm about to learn why I'm pro right now. Tell me the difference. She said, well, plowing is what you got to do before you sow. Okay, go ahead. She said, you got to go in the field first and it's hot and you got to pull up all the stuff that grew last year and it's dead weeds and you got to rip all that up the ground. Then you got to put the lines back in and you got to go take the, 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 the fertilizer. I said, poop, manure. Hands full of doodle. I know back then you ain't had no crystals, right? You had so yeah, and you had to take it and crumble up the the poop, and you had to spread it all over there, and it stunk, and it smelled. You came in at the end of the day, you smell like that, and then you can sow. And I was like, oh, so my seed is dying because the ground ain't ready. Wow. So I got to clean up from last year's harvest to get ready for next year's. Wow. So basically what you're saying is dirt cleaning. You gotta clean it and prepare it. Yeah, yeah, okay. See, well, I didn't say all of that. I'm saying no, but I know what it's saying to me. It's dirt cleaning. So sometime before you get your harvest, you're listening to me? I mean, please stand, plan to stay this long, but listen close to me. You gotta do some dirt cleaning. What do you mean by that? What do you? Aren't you made of the dust of the earth? There's some stuff that got to be cleaned out before you can sow a seed again and reap a harvest. There's some mess. God might be dealing with you about unforgiveness. He might be dealing with you about greed. He may be dealing with you about a hardened heart. He may be dealing with you about pride. And he's saying, I can't give you the new harvest until I can clean that mess out. That stuff got to come out. That stuff has to go. I want to put a better harvest in you and you still give me the same little patch to work with. I want a bigger area of your heart right now to clean up and you still keep giving me the same little patch that you've been getting one potato out of. I need more out of you at this season to do what I want to do with you. I need to do a real, a real, real thorough pruning. I need a thorough, thorough plowing. I need all of this stuff you have to do before you can then announce, I'm going to sow a seed and I'm going to bleed for a great harvest. This stuff's important. And did I stop learning it? No. Every time I want to go to the next level, God says, well, we got to do some more plowing. You want a bigger harvest? Yeah, we got to plow out a bigger field. 
Ooh, what, what do I need to change now? Oops, strap in. Here we go. But he's faithful. If you follow these instructions, the limits that have been on your harvest will change and it will change drastically. Stop talking about how tired you are and how much you got to do and how busy you are. If I, if, if as busy as you are is not elevating you to the level that you want to go, you busy doing a bunch of garbage. You got to unlearn some garbage and learn some new stuff. You have to let go of some things that you've anchored yourself in and found some kind of pride in. You have to let it go and you have to take on some new stuff. Remember last vision builders? That you got to get rid of three time sucks and learn two new things if you want to become a millionaire. And this is the key. I'm always learning something new. You'll know me every time you speak to me. Those of you who are around me regularly. But what I didn't know was in learning the new stuff, I had to get rid of. He said, get rid of three things, and learn two things. Be encouraged. We're going to talk about this some more. I can see it on your faces. You guys are in deep, deep thought right now. So I know I stirred up the, the, the gift within you. And I and, and if you if you've been blessed by what I've said, can you put a hand up or the hand up emoji or something? Amen. We're gonna win. We are winners. We're called to win. We're gonna win. But these are the processes that we have to walk through to get to that place. And we're gonna walk through them together. And those of you who want to hear it, you're gonna win. And those of you who don't, oh, I'll see you in the next see you in the same place next year. I'll be fine. I still love you, but I'm not going to be there. Amen. Amen. Love you guys.